Roger JP on the Bone Real Raw Radio. 800-771-1025 or 727-579-1025. The phone numbers at Roger JP, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. See if you guys can uh, fill in the hole in this headline. It's a, it's a headline with a missing part. Okay. It's so ridiculous. Philadelphia is so desperate for lifeguards, the city is hiring blank. Philadelphia is so desperate for lifeguards for the city's pools, the city is hiring blank. First, good. I'm gonna guess monkeys. No, they're not hiring trained monkeys <laughs> as lifeguards. Brett, senior you... citizens. Ah, uh, no, not senior citizens. I mean, I, I mean, I guess a senior citizen could get in there, but that's not the impression I get from uh, the article. Philadelphia is so desperate for lifeguards, the city is hiring blank. I'm gonna guess robots. Not robots. People who don't know how to swim. Yes, Brett, you oh, win. Look at that. <laughs> For real? That's actually it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so dumb. They're so desperate. They're hiring people who don't even know how to swim or are weak swimmers. <laughs> and they're going to provide swimming lessons to these people so they can then be lifeguards. That's I can- does that make any sense? For once in my life, is you could, me. Monica. I actually do that now. I never thought of it. <laughs> Would you classify yourself as a complete non-swimmer or a very weak swimmer? I'm. You must know how to do something, right? I can float on my back, no problem. I can do that for hours Ooh. on end. Okay. I can paddle and do my feet, but I can't come up for air. Like the second I move my head mm. and I just a mouthful of water and that's just not going to work. You, so. you might be overqualified for Philadelphia's lifeguard <laughs> program. You might be a little overqualified. <laughs> the thing is, if, you know, they're hiring people who can't swim or are weak swimmers, like if you have someone who, who's like kind of drowning, they're going to claw up your body and try to use you to stand on you oh, to yeah. keep themselves above water. So you have to be able to be strong enough and swim to handle these people. I don't understand it, but they are going to provide the lessons. He, the the uh, commissioner says, we only have to train a handful of folks. I wouldn't say they can't swim. They just can't pass our screening test on the yeah. first try. <laughs> They'll eventually get. But now from oh, I, sure they will. From what I remember when we no, were kids. Won't. and Well, no, because I think cause when we were kids, the, there was like a test. Like you have to be able to hold your breath underwater for X amount of time. You have to be able to yeah. tread water. Like, and they would they would test you. They'd throw you in the pool and say, okay, tread water for however long. Yeah. So... Can you build up stamina? Like, maybe you can hold your breath just not as long. So maybe they can do it, like, but they just can't do it as long, and then they just need to train. So they they could save a life. It's just they haven't passed that strength, like, really, really hard test. Yeah, but they have to be able to come up behind someone who's panicking and, like, get their arms from behind them, get under, and be able to hold their head above water and drag them back in while they're panicking. I mean, that's not easy to do. Tried it. Did it. Not easy. That's scary. Kids are much easier to save than adults. I can't imagine what they're going to do with it. This is such a government think type thing. Plus, you know, when you're at a pool, you're hoping, or you're at the beach, you're hoping that the person is is trained in case that situation's happening. You're not going. Beach is a different thing. uh, Beach, that's that's life and death right there. I feel like it's an assumption at that You could almost get away with it, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like it's the opposite with the... With the pool, there's a deep end, and if you're if you're drowning, and especially if it's a public pool, uh, mm. you know that which is where you'd be hired. There'd be like a bunch of people in the deep end, right? All the action going on, and you they gotta, can see you. Yeah, but, you, but they can see you because the water's clear. Like that's why, like a, a beach is so much tougher, and obviously with waves and all that stuff. I mean, that that's where you get the real lifeguards. 
But how you put someone in here who maybe two months ago couldn't swim, and now they're good enough to well, get the T-shirt with the red cross on it that says guard on it? Yeah, well, at, at <laughs> Seriously? one point, though, Roger, at one point we all couldn't swim, and then, well, and some, of, some of you learned well, and got better. So, I mean, there has to be a point. Like, you can't, just because you don't know how to swim now doesn't mean you can never, ever learn how to swim and be a lifeguard. Yeah, but they're going to hire them now. It's January, and they're going to be trying to save lives in June. They got it. That, that's not the same thing as learning to swim that. from when you're like four years old till you're 12. Then you maybe get a few muscles, and by the time you're 14 or 15, then you're a lifeguard. What's the time limit then? So so, so are, would they be ready next June? Like, what do you think is long enough? With really hard work, maybe. As long as, honestly, as long as they can pass the test, but you got to be able to go in and, you know, I got to go in there and make believe I'm drowning and you have to be able to come in and control me and pull me out of the pool. That's not easy to do. I'm 195 pounds. I know, and I get that. I'm just saying, like, if you tra- if you train, and, and like I said, they might have been at different levels. Like like you said, I might be overqualified. I'm starting at one point, and versus someone who's just never touched water before, they're right. different levels, and they're not going to, like, hire the... the the worst of the worst. They'll have the people that just need a little, little, little nudge. Yeah, you have a lot of faith in this uh, I commissioner. Do. I really who do. says we're going to train a few folks. <laughs> they're not, and I'll say I'll put it in JP term. They're not in the business to for people to die. Like they're they're not going to screw no, themselves true. over. So they're going to do the. But best this policy job. would make me think otherwise because because <laughs> you know why they can't. They're not uh, competing really well. They're paying like sixteen to eighteen bucks an hour, which I mean to sit around a pool where most of the times nobody you're not going to do any work yeah. is is not horrible. But they're competing with signing bonuses and all that stuff, higher hourly rates for, like, fast food and retail. So that's why they're having a hard time getting, like, you know, strong teenagers or young adults or whatever to be lifeguards. But so then they're opening up the doors to people who can't even swim. I I can't even believe that's a headline. But it is. (laughs) Uh, I mean, honestly, when we're in high school, I mean, I wasn't qualified, honestly, to pump gas when I was pumping gas. You know, there's some things where yeah. you're not qualified, but that's not life and death. That's right. just, I look like an idiot because I'm walking around the car trying to find the gas tank and I can't find it, you know? <laughs> so that was, it was hidden behind a license plate or it was on the other side or it was, you know, hidden in the design of the car. And I just didn't know because I had no experience and I'd have to go up and actually tell the guy, like, I can't even find a gas tank. Where is it? <laughs> you feel stupid. But, you know, as a teenager, I guess, you know, we do get hired for stuff that we're totally not qualified that's for, but it's true. not life and death. I feel like if you... um I feel like, again, I, I feel like they're not hiring, like, the people who just never saw water before. There's, I have faith in this. They're not going to screw themselves over, mm-hmm. I, ho- I, I hope. And now, and those, let me ask you this. Does the, for the, for the beach and the pools, does attendance go down knowing now that they're advertising? <laughs> hi. I don't know why they needed to advertise it. <laughs> but, like, hi, these people might not know what they're doing or they didn't know. <laughs> they have an old guy like Blue from old school. This is my boy, Blue. <laughs> and he's going to be, you know, he's here to save lives. <laughs> Get out of the pool. Move your arms. <laughs> Monica, what did you do, uh, like, 14 to 16? What jobs were you doing? What Did you do? Um, I babysat. I, I know you said you babysat, right? But yeah, I don't know. Did, did you do anything else? Babysat. And then you have to understand. <laughs> Speaking of which, you understand I was in a coma for a little bit at the beginning when I was 14. And th- well, we, I was in Iowa when I moved to Buffalo at 14 mm-hmm. and then became in a coma. And then I was 15. So that like, was the beginning of 14 you were in a coma? Yeah. And then into, you know, recovering from that into the wow. summer and stuff like that. So uh, that whole 19, that whole until I was 15 really just didn't count. And then mm-hmm. I started babysitting and stuff. And then my first job was at the Mighty DQ. And I love that job. So what much. did you do at the DQ? We, uh, well, I, I was the counter girl, but we, we took the order and then would make whatever they ordered, you know, behind us and then give it to them. And then you had to make stuff too. 
Yeah, 100%. Get out. And then, because I'm not really a big sweets person, they would give us a free, like, anything we wanted at the end of the night. And my brothers were nice to me on the days I worked because they knew that they could get, like, I'll make mm. them whatever they want. Mm. I loved that job. I really did. That's awesome. It's a good time. Yeah, and and uh, I got paid $2.85 an hour because that was minimum wage. <laughs> like, and I was so happy about $2.85 right. an hour. Like, so happy. So you literally flipped burgers and, uh, you know, oh. and made the, made the cheeseburger, put the pickles right where they belong, like, real specific. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't a brazier. It was just ice cream. It was oh, it was just ice cream. ice cream? Yeah, it was only ice cream. Oh, the DQ by me was ice cream and burgers and all you that You were stuff. fancy. Bra- it was Hot called dogs. brazier back then. You, yeah, the brazier. You were fancy. Bra- Bra- I think we called it a brazier burger. Brazier meat, Something like yeah, that. It was, it was, it was <laughs> fancy. After Little League, we go there. It was awesome. Of course. And that was the dreaded during the summertime. Then all then we'd see a van up. Oh, little League team's here again. Right, Let's right. go. All the windows All these are kids open. in cleats slipping yeah. on the tile floor, waiting in line to get their food for like an hour and a half. We went, and the parents are all frustrated and annoyed. And oh, it was... Brett, what did you do before? Oh, let's go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I had to do, the worst part about that was I had to do the math. Like, we didn't have cash registers. It was, a, it was literally a window. It was literally a window with a screen and then a drawer that pulled out underneath. It was, like, wooden. And they would order. Huh. We'd have to add it in our head, and then we had to make, and then give it, and we make the change. And that Get was the here. roughest part of it, especially when there was a big, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And I was too stupid to, like, you know, think, screw it, close enough. Like, I, that didn't, I had yeah. to get it exactly right. Oh, that was that was that was stressful, and then we had to balance our drawer at the end in case it didn't work out. Oh, it was all. How'd that guy ever make money? Yeah, listen. First of all, sexist bastard. It was a girl who owned that. Her name was Jan. Oh, okay. That's Roger. You know how he is with that kind of stuff. That was my first job. Men used to own all the businesses. Let's be honest. She didn't know what she was doing. She's clearly. Oh no! No kidding. Of course she didn't. She's a woman. No, she, she was great. She was really nice. She was really nice, and then I got um. Oh, the story of how I got uh, my mom's a bitch is basically how that ended, which sucks because <laughs> I really, really like mom is a bitch. She is. <laughs> she is. And she does. <laughs> um, we, they, we planned a, a work outing um, to a, one of the guys who works there played in a band, and we planned, like, all the people from work were going to go support him at one of these, you know, whatever bars. And it was during and the— you were, like, 16, right? Yeah, Early I was 16. 16. Yeah, I was 16. So, you know, whatever. But she went, and Jan got permission and told my mom, and, like, everybody, you know, that that was going to go as a group, she was going to be the supervisor. Jan was like, I'll be there. Right. Um, and so that was cool. And we and I went with a couple of friends that worked there, and then— um, when we went, and my mom's like trusted Jan because she talked to her. And then at the end of the night, the band was done playing, and the people that I rode with were like, "Screw this, we're not going home." I'm like, "You don't understand. My mom is going to kill me because Jan <laughs> told her that I was going to be home by whatever time it was. Right. If, if I'm even a minute late, the world will end." And they're like, "Oh, who cares? If you're already in trouble, screw it." Like they had that mindset, and I was like terrified. Long story short, when they were driving uh. me home, they're smoking pot. And I, you know, yep. I didn't have one drink. I didn't have one smoke of anything, oh, but I'm no. in the back. They, they smoked pot with the windows closed. I'm all getting hot boxed or whatever you call it. And then, <laughs> and, and by the way, they stayed until the bar closed. The bar closed at 4 a.m. Oh, so, my God. And so they're smoking <laughs> and, uh, and I, I stumble home. It was maybe five o'clock or something like that in the morning. And my mom's, of course, just livid with me. And she takes, and I'm like, I swear to God, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. Mm-hmm. I couldn't leave. You just smell like weed. Yeah, I, I know I did. And I'm like, there was, a, you know, I, I couldn't drive home because, um, you know, I, I was, I can't drive. And, and the right, people so I came with weren't li- living or where they weren't leaving. I could not make them. And she's like, you should have left with Jan. I'm like, well, they said they were going to drive me home. I believed them, whatever. So then my mom, um, my mom takes me. <laughs> Says, get your uniform, 
And um, I'm taking you to Dairy, Dairy Queen right now. She took. She said, "Give me your uniform." I, she made me quit. She went into the to oh, DQ, um, oh. threw the uniform at Jan, um, and screamed and yelled. The, the DQ was open, by the way. It's a small little building. She's so like, in front of the customers. Oh, in front of. And she did not give a crap. Threw throws the uniform at Jan and says, <laughs> "You know, you were responsible. My daughter didn't get home till right now. Whatever." And um, and then she said she quits. And then I just didn't have a job. And then she was like, "Well, you got to get a job by by the next day, or you're getting kicked out." Or what? So it was a whole traumatic like. And it was I, her fault you didn't have a job. I know. <laughs> She's going to kick you out. I know. <laughs> it's funny you told that story because I had a very similar thing when, when I worked in the supermarket. It was right before I drove, and uh, a bunch of the guys were going to go over to this kid Corey's house and listen to music, and hang out, have a beer or whatever. And I was like, Mom, do you mind? And Steve, Steve Kunze, this guy who worked with me. Steve like, Kunze. Steve's going to bring me. Steve Kunze. <laughs> so I, I, I said, he'll drive, and he seemed like a nice kid. He always said hi to my mom and my dad. You know, he was a real nice guy. So we go there, and what happens? They're like separating seeds from the weed oh, on, the, no. on the double albums. Yeah. There's a big bong. I've never seen a bong in my life. <laughs> They're listening to like Genesis and awesome. Yes and all these uh, progressive, <laughs> spacey. His older brother's there. I'm like, oh, boy, I'm in the wrong place. Yep. This is not me. I don't know what I'm doing here. Yep. And I'm like, you know, 15 and a half, you know, barely 16, whatever it is. Uh. And the same thing. I get uh, And Steve is high. And he's supposed to be driving me home. Like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? I'm sitting know. in a beanbag chair in my work shirt with my tie off. I'm like sweating. This is the most uncool. I hate the music because I'm like, I never heard it before. And I was like, all right, I tried a little of the weed off from the bong. It burned the crap out of my throat and my lungs because I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, this is the worst time I've ever had. But I wanted to hang with the guys that I work with. He finally... It, it was late. Was it wasn't four in the morning like you, but it was late. And he finally drives me home. And my mom actually understood. I'm like, I, I said, I was, I was, Your he mom. didn't want to leave yet. And I, he had to bring me home. And I just said, I just, I'm, I'm late. I'm sorry. You know, Your and mom? I don't know if I smelled like weed. My mom didn't say a thing. Oh. Oh my God! Yeah, I must have smelled like weed. I don't know how I didn't. They didn't she didn't make you quit your job mm. and like. No, I don't understand how your story ends so happy. Don't hang with Steve anything. again. But she knew. I, yeah, I, well, believe me, I never did. And after that, I had my license, so I could drive, and I was responsible for yeah, myself. You yeah, know. Yeah. So for whatever reason, even though she's the daughter of a cop, she let that one go. I don't wow. know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was bad because I was not in control of my destiny in that situation. Wow. That was horrible. I, I probably got home at like 1 or 2 in the morning. I got out of work at 10. Yeah. So, and, and, listen, and it was 20 minutes down the road, you know what I mean? I understand that, um, I understand that you know, to a certain degree, because uh, the, the worry part of it. Because there was no call me on my cell phone or a text or any kind of social media yeah, that nothing. I'm checking in on or anything. Like, yeah. I get it. So so for however many hours that was, Roger, your mom didn't know where you were. And, like, yep. that's got to be scary. And it's in late at night and whatever, and you're a kid. Yeah. And um, she's sitting in the living room reading a book waiting. Yeah, yeah. Legs tucked under her. She's reading by the light, just waiting for me to come in. Because she would just wait. That's She'd wait up. That's what she did. Aw. Your mom yep. loved you. Oh, yeah. Sometimes she was laying in bed, and then the Aww. door, the, the bedroom would be cracked open. And when you come Aww. home, you got to be like, peek in and say, I'm home. Okay, good night. And then they close the door. That's so sweet, though. That way they know. Well, well, otherwise she can't sleep. My dad's sleeping like since it's nine. He doesn't give a crap. <laughs> he was sleeping because he's tired from, you know, working so hard. He would just go to sleep. And he has, you know, less of a, I mean, my mom would worry, you know, like I said, daughter of a cop. So she always worried. So that was my uh, not in control by someone who was smoking weed story. Uh, it's, it's the worst because you just, you know, you're screwed. And drinking you're just, beers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lots of black labels.
Yeah, they were good. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, JP, 1025, The Bone, Real Raw Radio. 800-771-1025 or 727-579-1025. Coming up at 135, top 10 list. 2 o'clock, Drew and John, the Drew Garabo Live radio program. Be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.